York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time and it's time to talk about a Knicks massacre. The Knicks swapped the Hornets and beat them into oblivion. All right, and win 115 to 91. RJ Barrett gives you 16 points and give and he's perfect from the free throw line. I believe nine for nine from the free throw line for RJ Barrett. First eight for eight, I'm sorry. Eight for eight. Julius Randle gives you a 25.20 rebound double-double and adds five assists and two steals on top. Mitchell Robertson, six points, 10 rebounds and two steals. Jalen Brunson gives you 12 points and seven assists. Josh Hart, after all that yapping to the media, puts his money where his mouth is and gives you 17 points and six rebounds. IQ chops, chips in with 23 points and the Knicks are looking good. They sitting pretty. It's looking like that we will be in the in season tournament because we walloped. You wallop the Hornets. And I don't know all the special rules. I'm waiting for those guys to break it down for me because I don't understand the intricacies. But we had to beat the, the Hornets by a lot, it seems, and we did that. And it look, it's looking like, at least at this moment, that the Knicks will be playing the Bucks if the Bucks indeed do lose to the to the to the Heat, I believe. Yes. So it looks like we will be playing the Bucks in the semis. So Clap it up for that. And we're going to talk about the game, man. The good, a little bit of bad, and more good. So let's talk about it. Lee, the guy, the Latin assassin, uh, I want to know what your thoughts are the game. This is one of the reasons why after these first 15 or 16 games, I haven't gotten too high and I haven't gotten too low. I'm not pissed after a loss to a team that is better than us. And I don't get too hyped when we smack up on a team like the Charlotte Bobcats without their best player. Lamella ball. It's just that's the way the NBA runs. I've watched enough ball in my life, especially a lot of non-Nets ball, and I just kind of know how these things go. We are a team that should beat a team like this without their best player by double digits, and we did. When we face a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns, a team that has a better player than we have, like Devin Booker, and we lose, that also happens, mm. such as the NBA. So I try to get too high or too low on individual wins. It's more about the the season bar as it goes on. Are we continually improving in the areas that were deficiencies when we started? And tonight, I saw some very positive things. My philosophy on not getting too high or low also applies to coaches and players. And that's why this season, I've been a supporting and ardent supporter of Julius Randle, even if it were good and the bad. Overall, I think he gives you a lot more than what he takes away. And his hardcore haters... And he has probably the most diehard haters of anyone affiliated with the Knicks in quite some time. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Full time. Full time. Tonight, kind of have the full experience and, and uh, sample size of what he's able to give you when he's completely tuned in. He had a lot of great consecutive defensive uh, stands this this game, and he had an unbelievable rebounding night. Like I know it's also against the Charlotte Bobcats. I'm saying Bobcats on port. On purpose, they don't deserve to be called with their real name. Uh, shout out Michael Jordan, worst owner in the history of NBA. 
it's just, it's just the way that it is. It, it is right now. And so I'm taking things in stride, thinking about the macro view, thinking about the big picture. And tonight, I was very proud of my Dallas boy, Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah. Randall had a huge game. Um, this makes the slow the slow start that he started the season with seems like a long time ago right now. He's, he's been on the uptick. Um, but today, what I really saw from him was, um, you know, good process. I saw a lot of things. I saw good process from Randall. I've seen the laps defensively from Randall. Then I've seen the bounce back defensively from Randall. And I saw... Um, unselfishness and leadership from Randall. I saw the opposite of what I saw when we played the Phoenix Suns, pretty much. <laughs> it was like, um, so I saw a completely different guy today, and it wasn't even just points. Um, he had the the highest plus minus on the team today with his 20 point, 25 point, 20 rebound double double. He was a plus 27 on the night and one of the most enjoyable things i saw from him today was he was he was feeling so good he decided i'm going to give mitch the ball around 15 feet from the basket and tell him to go to work and i got to see mitch try to do sham god mitch and 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 brick it it was still funny it was like he didn't make it it was it was just it was just interesting to see mitch try to go one-on-one and when we were up 16 to the hornets but Kudos to to Julius Randle and the team and even Jalen Brunson for switching up his game identity completely because if you look at the box score, Jalen Brunson only shot the ball nine times today. I don't know. What, what did you make? What did you make of that? And what did you make of Brunson's game today? Uh he didn't need to. The rest of the team was firing on all cylinders. Randall was leading the way, and it was nice to have a game where he had single-digit shot attempts and didn't need to put us on his back like he has been doing, bailing us out. A lot of the comebacks have been initiated by him as well, and all he's always a closer finisher for us down the stretch. So it's nice for him to have a day where he doesn't have to do everything and look at a, a MVP caliber player or at least an all-NBA first-in caliber player against a, a team by Charlotte. But that shouldn't have to happen. So it's great that we're at a place now with our depth, uh, especially Manuel Quickly, who was crisp. Yeah. I think Burns is the type of guy where, hey, the guy who comes in for me is cooking. I'm gonna step back and let him cook. He he was that kind of player in Dallas when he played next to Luca, uh, and he's that kind of player here in New York. So I, I love to see it. Uh, doesn't make me concerned at all. I will say, in terms of Joyce Randall, to piggyback on what you were commenting on, on his all around performance, this is the type of Randall I want to see. Yeah, and we don't need this every night. Give me that third option, Randall. Let RJ continue to elevate into that second option. And I am completely happy whether it's a bad performance or good performance based on Randall. If he's a third option, if, we, if he's a second option or like a couple of years, the first, then those those up and down things become very problematic because your all of your offense depends on his isolation efficiency. But when he's a third option and RJ's a second, Brunson's first. Listen, man, you can have a, a five for twenty five game. I'm okay. They're probably going to win if RJ and Brunson are also cooking on the other end. Yeah, I think. My thing with Randall is, well, Lee, today, I would say unequivocally that that Randall was the first option today. He was. He was the first option today, and it worked out for us today. My my hope is in days, because sometimes you already know the coach will go back to first option Randall. In days when it's not working, I would like him to still keep some intensity on the defensive end, and not lose that fire if he's not the first option. And play his role, be sec, be third option. 
It'd be second option, but do not lose the intensity on the defensive end because that's kind of what happens sometimes when he's not involved. He just kind of lays an egg, or if something doesn't go wrong, he just kind of lays an egg. But I I need him to be focused, whether he's first, second, or third um, on the totem on the totem pole. That's what I need. From him. You know, the team that I compare them to the most is not the Detroit Pistons, about those early two thousand Sacramento Kings team. I really think Brunson's very bibbyish. And I've said it many times that Randall is very Chris Weber-ish. Mm. And that Sacramento team, they would ride Weber for three quarters and they'll let Baby Cook in the fourth. And that's a lot. It's very similar how we are built as well with Ryan Randall's coattails for the first three quarters and let Brunson close down the stretch. But we also have R.J. Barrett. So I think our ceiling's a little bit higher than someone who's just a pure shooter like Pedro. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, Brunson, he didn't really shoot until he had to. There was a, there was a, a, a heart. Uh, complication moment in the third quarter when we were up big. Uh, yeah, yeah, our biggest lead was 16 at one point. Yeah. Third quarter, we were, we were up double digits. We came out lackadaisical. The Knicks, for some reason, man, I don't know what's happening. We were refusing to, sh- to close out on three-point shooters. This kid, Miller, we should know from the first game that he can shoot threes. And I don't understand why we continuously left him open in Washington, too. We we do this thing where you like to help on the on the drive, but we never, we never, uh, we never after the drive you're supposed to close out to that three point shooter, and we never quite do it sharply or crisply, or sometimes not even at all. And we need to clean that up, um, especially for better three point shooting teams. But my bigger point was when that started to happen, and we needed a bucket. Uh, this is when Jalen Brunson starts to step up, and he's like, you know what? Give me the ball. Let me, let me let's get us in some, some rhythm, score a couple of buckets, then pass the ball around, and then we were kind of able to run away with it. So even when – and this is, what, this is what I wanted him to do last year. I kind of wanted him to, like, distribute the ball and then pick your spots. Like, you know what? We need this scoring for me now. Let me get scoring now and get the team going first. Especially with guys that struggle creating their own shot. The Quentin Grimes and Mitchell Robinsons, those are the guys that he really should be focused on, especially in that first quarter. For those, both those guys to gain some rhythm and confidence mm-hmm. and keep them – you don't really need to keep either of them motivated on defense, but it's nice to to feast a little bit while you're locking down the the, the opposing team's best players, whether it's a front court or back court. Those two guys got that, that, that job assignment. So, yeah, if Brunson's looking out for them and then feeding the hot hand, whether it be RJ or, or Randall, and then when things start slowing down, because they always kind of do in like – Early of the third or late in the second, the wheels start coming off a little bit. Right. And it's offense because of the, the overemphasis on isolation, especially when the starters are out there. That's when Brunson needs to start taking over and, and get back to business and get us a few clutch buckets, mainly by driving, getting fouled on the free throw line and making the free throws. I agree. I agree. So hopefully he starts to do that. And something else that I saw today, I think he took the, today's opportunity to kind of feel out Mitch. I feel like this is going to be the year where he's going to try to figure out that timing on when to throw Mitch the lob and when not to, because we saw it a few times today. Uh, there was a part, there was a play in the third quarter where I felt like he missed Mitch on the lob and I, I let it to throw it to yeah. IQ and IQ ended up um, breaking it. And then right after he, he, he threw lips, Mitch the lob, like literally right afterwards. So I'm thinking he's still trying to figure out that balance of how to throw Mitch that lob and when. To his defense, he went four years, I think, in Dallas, 
never playing with a center of Mitch's athletic ability. That's true. He was used to a very down to earth Dwight Powell who has the same vertical. <laughs> down to earth. I, I like the way you put that. <laughs> yeah, him and I have the same vertical, which is absolutely nothing. So I, I don't think he's used to having someone that has that, that length of stride and can cover that much space with only two or three uh lunges mm-hmm. so it's going to take some some used to to gain that that level like you said that timing level because he's never had that in his professional career i can't speak to college or high school but pros a player like mitch he just hasn't played with one they had that mavs team was very small and very shitty uh at the center position so he has an unbelievable high efficiency rim runner now so yeah yes. once once it connects though that's going to be one of the most deadliest plays we have in our arsenal. Absolutely. Because he has a floater. You heard me say this so many times. When you have a deadly floater, a rim-running center is pretty much like the perfect marriage. X Troy Young and Clint Capella, man. Like yep. you, you can really confuse defenses when you feel like, oh, am I, is he throwing the floor, floater or is he giving the lob? So he should really get that timing down. I'm glad to see Mitch get a little bit of love, even though he could have got some more love. I'm glad he got some love for the lobs today. <laughs> and speaking of love, uh, let's talk about Hart for a second, okay? So, because Hart has been interesting because he's been talking to the media. I was reading Fred Katz today, and I'm sure you heard this rightly. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, Josh Hart had something to say about not feeling included in the offense. And he pretty much said, I'm a rhythm player, Hart said. I'm not someone that's just a catch and shoot three-point shooter. That's just True. that <laughs> that just only does that. That's what I, not what I know. I'm more someone who can get in the lane and find guys and stuff like that. And I'm capable of making shots. He kind of he felt like his role has changed. He's not getting the ball as much and he's not really in rhythm. And because his role has changed and he's not getting the ball as much, it's getting him out of rhythm and he's not shooting the ball when he's supposed to. Uh, uh, what did you think? What did you, I, I read that and was, I don't, I was like, Bruh. I didn't know what the, I didn't know what the hell to think of that. <laughs> what did, what did you think of that? Josh Hart is the only player on this current roster that I don't love. He's the only one that I kind of have like a bit of animosity towards because of the way that he plays and the overrated defense that I've seen so far this season and the lack of a three-point shot. Not, not just not being able to hit a three, but the hesitancy to shoot a three really throws a wrench in that second unit's offensive mobility. Uh, and last year, we saw a completely different version of him where he was really getting to the hoop a lot and finishing around the rim. We saw him finish with both hands, and he had a little bit of a midi game. There were some moments last year where he was hitting pull-up jumpers, which really made him a difficult cover with mm-hmm. that second unit, uh, especially playing against younger players who don't necessarily aren't scheming for him to be an offensive threat. This season, we've seen none of that. I think Tibbs has really used him in that literal OB role where he's just either supposed to be there for offensive rebounds and putbacks or stand in the corner and wait and brick a three. Or not to brick a three, and the play collapses, and then you have a bailout shot by Brunson or Randall. This game, after those asinine comments, which I thought were ridiculous, especially after he's stealing $20 million a year from us, for him, for him to, to make those comments and play the way he has, I was like, bro, I told my dad, I was like, it's time to trade his ass. Nah, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This, no, he this, got this, was a, this wasn't something This wasn't something that I was going to write an article about. But it was just me and my pops. I was venting my frustrations at him having the audacity to open his mouth after playing that complete trash most of the season. 
He's he's been our, our least efficient player, I would argue. Yeah, uh, of a nine man rotation. So for him to come out this game and give us almost a like play for play what he did last year in our fourteen game winning streak and how awesome and active he was, man, I loved it. He was super disruptive tonight. He's really forcing steals, forcing turnovers, getting in the break, finishing on the break, running in transition, not worried about who was behind him, but it's going up and finishing it. He even had a little midi pull up. They hit some threes. I was like, all right, like, let's be more engaged. Know where your spots are and shoot the rock when it's given to you. Otherwise, you end up being four on five. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm um, I'm not on the trade, Josh Hart trade. I will, he I'm has been. <laughs> I'm not either. I was just, I was, I was fuming a little bit. He's fuming. Okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> he has been a little bit frustrating. Um, but I don't know. I wonder if him playing the power forward has anything to do with that. I'm not sure. But the one thing that is consistent, though, and the one thing that was a complaint when he was playing with Portland was he did not shoot the open threes. <laughs> he did not shoot the open threes. And when he came to the Knicks last year, he was he was more willing to shoot it at first. He was hitting a lot of threes at first, actually. And then when the playoffs started, you started to see that trend of I don't I don't like to pull the, the trigger when I'm open because I'm not in rhythm or whatever he thinks in his mind. Um, so he just needs to work on it. Like, I know he's kind of using it as a crutch and a scapegoat and it, and I don't know if you look at his uses, I looked at some of his uses numbers, usage numbers on cleaning the glass. I mean, they are down a little bit. It's not significant. Like Grimes usage numbers have tanked, yes. you know, yes, this is tanked. His is that, but, uh, this is down a little bit. This is down a little bit. Uh, let's see, Josh Hart. Well, that's, that's his shooting numbers. His usage numbers, if you go to offensive overview, uh, 22nd percentile to 17th percentile is down about uh, uh, almost 2%. It's down almost 2%, just about 2%. And then what else is down is if you look at his shooting, he's breaking at the rim horribly. Um, which is not usually what he does. The three-point awesome shot is cratered, as you can see. Look at that that 93 percentile. He was unbelievable in that 14-game win streak. Yeah. When he caught the break, he was unstoppable. I, I, I was He used his body really well. Didn't matter if he finished with the left or the right. Didn't matter what kind of player was guarding him from behind. He was avoiding that 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 weak side uh, block and finishing around the rim. He was a spark. We ran up points quickly with him when he came to the game. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is as much as, as he is complaining with that bench unit, that bench unit is still a positive. That bench unit is still smacking the team. So as much as he's complaining and as frustrating as he's been, he hasn't really been he hasn't dragged us down. You know, right? the, the, be the bench unit is still, I think it said a plus six. Let's be fair, though. The, 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 there's a reason for that. Because R.J. Barrett's balling the hell out. Who's <laughs> so balling the hell out? Hartenstein's balling the hell out? The the drop off from Mitch to Hartenstein is not a lot. That helps the bench union a lot too. Hartenstein is a baller. Nah, he is. He is. He's, and I, I haven't really mentioned Hartenstein today, but Hartenstein was balling today too. As, as good as Mitch has been, Hartenstein has some timely offensive rebounds and putbacks. So this, this German Hive. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I shouldn't say that. Like no one should ever claim German Hive after World War Two. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not part of the iHeart Hive. <laughs> I'm just a fan. <laughs> I'm. 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 I'm gonna just sit back and watch iHeart because he was the big reason why our bench, 
um, really took off last season. We, we were a net negative before Josh Hart joined the bench last year, and then we were positive. So I'm I'm frustrated like everybody else, but I'm gonna just sit back and I'm hope I'm hoping that whatever we saw today was kind of just like uh, more of what we're going to see in the future. Because I don't know, I have a theory, man. I, I kind of feel like you know Brunson and Hart, they're kind of buddies. He's talking about he's not touching the ball a lot. You know, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe Brunson is like, I don't, I don't want, I'm seeing people saying, I don't, I don't allow the Mitch, I don't pass the ball enough. I wonder if he, I wonder if he knows that the criticisms, because this is the most lives I've seen Brunson attempt um, in the game today, which still isn't like a lot, but just more than usual. Good. And Josh Hart was really, he got a lot of touches today too. So I wonder, it, all the chatter is kind of, you know, affecting the games here. I don't know. It's just thought. Just Maybe. thought. When, when I say trade Josh Hart, let me rephrase that. If we were to upgrade, Tibbs is going to stay with a nine-man rotation. He's not going to crack it open to 10 if we bring another player. I've seen some, that trade that Fred Katz, Fred Katz pitched about Evan Forney and a pitch for uh, Bojan. Mm-hmm. Bojan is going to replace somebody in a, in a nine-man rotation. I don't see tips span 10. He's only done it in a blade, break glass scenario last year as an emergency. I don't see him doing it long-term. So I think it's more likely a player for Bojan. It's not Fournier, but goes out one-on-one for one. I think it's more likely that it's one, someone from the rotation. So if I'm one of the nine guys that are playing right now, Hart is my only pick to be moved for a player that brings you size and spacing and shooting like Bojan. That, that's my that's my full feelings and sentiments on Josh Hart. How real is this Bojan? Yo, Ian, I really want Ian. I really I hope want it's real. Ian, I hope it's real. I think he's a great addition. Our bench. It's going to be interesting because defensively, I'm you know Tibbs doesn't like to play guys who are aren't defenders, so I am always going to be worried about that. Uh, that's not his reputation. Uh, so that's why I don't know. I'm a little bit skeptical of the rumors of Bojan. I'm, I am. I'm not going to hold you. I'm skeptical of those rumors because that's not. The, the front office has gone after defenders every single time after that Kemba thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's what I'm looking at. That's how I see well, it. <clears throat> yes, you're right. He's not a, he's not known for his, his defensive acumen, but he does have size. And I think that's one thing that he does bring to the table in terms of rebounding. He'd be playing this to Hardenstein, who's a very solid rebounder and defender. So I don't think there would be even a starting position where Evan Fournier or Kemba were getting cooked by the opposing team's starting caliber players. He would be coming off the bench and really probably guarding the weakest defender out there. And you, you still have DiVincenzo and Quickly and Ihart and RJ, who are playing great defense this season. Easier to hide them now than it was back then when they were starting like Fournier and Kemba. Yeah. If you do get a Bojan, though, someone has to lead the rotation. So it has to be, it would have to be, it would have to be hard. hard. Yeah. Or like I, I keep saying, we need a, a a wing. And if we do get a wing, the guys who are enemy number one to lose their minutes is Hart and DiVincenzo. So those are the guys who to me will be low, slight, low, most likely lose minutes. So if we do get him, I feel like one of those guys might not get the minutes or might be. I don't know. It might, it might cause some some interesting uh, some interesting minute crunches there. If we trade Hart in a pick, Detroit's pick, so they would go back to them without any protections for Bojan, 
Here's a hot take. Did the, the, the gunshots ready? Oh, here we go. We're, we're doing the finals. Oh, the we're finals. The finals. I don't know, man. And I'll, I'll take it even further. With the right matchup, we can win it all. Ow, you really hot take. Hot, I'm dropping it, bro. Man, I don't know. I'm not with you there. <laughs> Ojan is lethal on offense, and he's not that terrible of a defender. He's not super undersized like Kemba, who was six one, mm-hmm. but had broken knees. He, he is dealing with an injury now, but he hasn't been injury plugged in his whole career. He also hasn't been a traffic cone in undersized like Fournier when Fournier was playing a three or, or a two. He's a big stretch four who is awesome from the three-point line. And said, giving you 21, 22 points a game last season. I know, I know. I also, remember, I also remember attacking him on defense. I remember I remember we were picking sure. on him. <laughs> I mean, I remember we just like, was starting, oh, we're going to pick him. Huh? With us, if he came off the bench, it would be a different story. I, I would want him off the bench with us. Yeah, uh, I, I I distinctly remember us like, oh, we're gonna switch. Oh, what's what's switch what's switch with Bogan so we can destroy? I distinctly remember doing that over and over to Detroit. So I don't know. For sure. <laughs> again, we were doing that because it was Brunson RJ playing him as a fellow starter. But if he's come off the bench, he's gonna be playing against bench guys, and I like him in that lineup. And in that situation, a lot more. You don't have to hide him so much. I think he can handle some of the guys who are in second string rotation for opposing teams. Yeah. I, I, I hear you, him. but I, some nights he's off, you keep him on the bench. Some nights he's on, he can win you a game by himself with his shooting. Mm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I don't see what's sold. I'm not sold. But you know what I'm sold on? I'm sold on giving Emmanuel quickly a back. All right. I'm sold yes. on that. I'm sold on that. I'm still having flashbacks of talking to Steve Popper when I was with Ian Begley on on the putback and Popper telling me that he felt like that uh, Emmanuel quickly reached the ceiling. And I was just like, yeah, hell no. I was like, and I'm like, he's just, he's been putting on a tear for like three, four months straight. You don't think he can replicate that? All he has to do to have a better season than this season is to do that from the beginning of the season. And he's starting to do that. And not only that, you know, I know there's this big debate on whether you should start quickly because of Grimes or stop even Chenzo, even though that might be dying down because people are starting to realize that that was one game and not a week. But it's like <laughs> Emmanuel quickly, Emmanuel quickly's chemistry with Jalen Brunson is developing more and more each game. Uh, that that closing lineup with quickly at the starters is starting to give some teams fits, and, and they're really starting to play off each other. And not only that, you know, quickly he's a guy who's been really mastered that snake dribble, that snake uh, pick and roll play. I'm starting to see a little bit of. I don't even need a pick. I can just take you off the dribble. I'm starting to see a little bit of that develop. And I've seen people talk about how he can't do that and he can only use picks. Uh, but if that starts to develop, then we're it's a whole other ball game, right? Then he's Brunson. Hmm? Then he's he, he's Brunson level if he starts doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was what Brunson did in Miami when, when they, they took away the pick or they, they made it hard for him to, to recover off of it. He was like, screw, I'm going to take you off a dribble, get to the whole draw fouls, mid-range pull-ups, three-ball pull-ups. Like he was unbelievable all on his own with no help offensively. Exactly. No, exactly. Cause there was one play when um yo, what's the point guard's name? I keep 
the point. Rogier. Hmm? Rogier. Yeah, when Rogier was guarding him one on one, and he just kind of hit him with a hezzy and then blew by him and then hit and then went and then uh shattered off the backboard and missed. He got a foul. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Here we go. Here we here's the I can break you down one on one type of play. So I'm starting to see some things from from quickly where he's starting to even build some more skills off of last last year's success. So it's like the pick and roll play, the 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 midi range, the floater, the three point shot. He's shooting three point shot off the move. He's starting to put a lot of skills together, uh, and you already know. And even today, defensively, how many times did he stop guys that were bigger than him today? Like he he stopped Miles uh, he stopped Miles one on one he stopped uh, Miller who's like I don't know how many feet taller Miller is he he forced the turnover on him quickly he's balling man <laughs> you know I, I remember like 2004 Miami Heat had Shaq and an aging Alonzo Mourning Andy Donis has them in the front court this is a guards lead now so if you if you have more than one dynamic guard. Like we have Brunson and IQ. That's something you hold on to. You don't package that or let it walk. They started with Dallas. What happened to Dallas after they got rid of Brunson? They had to do a whole other trade, giving away the heart of their defense and Finney Smith and their starting point guard. I did Kyrie Irving. And it took a while for that to even mesh. But we have two guys that are starting to play very well with each other. You don't lose that just because even you have insurance in Brunson or even McBride off the bench or other ball handlers. You got to maintain both those guys in the rotation. And I would even go as far as say I'm okay with IQ starting as well. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, I don't. I don't really care, man. Like I'm. I'm still cool with Grimes starting to 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 lock down those other guys, and I'm okay with IQ closing because I at this moment, like starting is like a formality at this point. It's like, like I remember, what term did I use? Remember I was talking about the Elfer Payton starting. Like there's an Elfer Payton ceremonial starting. That's kind of what's happening right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Elfrid Payton started at a point guard, but we already knew with the fourth quarter he was getting sat. For Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's obvious that Tibbs likes to close with IQ. He's obviously likes IQ. Yep. It's super obvious. So, I mean, it's working. Everybody's like, oh, we should start. Yo, it's working. It's working. <laughs> it's working. And Grimes actually, I'm, I'm, Grimes didn't shoot a lot today, but he he shot well today. Uh, got another scorching hot take. Oh, here I we think, go. I think Emmanuel quickly, more than any other Knicks player, can play with any other player. He has the best chemistry and the best adaptability with any other four guys you put around him. I've said that before in this pod, and I'll say it again. I don't better think that's Brunson. a hot take. Better than Brunson, better than Mitch, better than Randall, better than RJ. RJ are probably put second in that category, but IQ can play with anyone. I don't think that's a hot take better. because – I hope it's not because he's a two-way guy. Plays offense, plays defense. Can play off the ball as a sh- as a guy who can shoot, like a shooting guard. Can play on ball if you need it. Like I don't think I don't even think that's a hot take. Right, <laughs> like, cool. and Glad to hear it. I don't even like that's. <laughs> and I f- I feel like I feel like six man of the year is definitely loading. I definitely feel like six man of the year is definitely loading. And I feel like the Knicks have put themselves in the corner this summer. And I hope IQ wins. I hope I hope we both that. win. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, yes, we, of course. I I, I'm saying I don't care if it's thirty million a year. Make him the highest paid player on the roster. He'll earn the contract. He'll earn it. Mm-hmm. 
He's earning it. He's earning it. Yeah. And uh, RJ Barrett is interesting too. RJ Barrett's have an interesting game. What did you think of RJ's game? Because this game was interesting to me. I missed most of the first half when he was going off. But most of all, I liked him on defense. Thought he was really active. Uh, he kept every now and then. I feel like the Charlotte Bobcat wing goes off on us. It used to be like Kelly Oubre Jr. We've had Gordon Hayward go off on us before, and I feel like he kept the big wings, like uh, Bridges and them, in check for the most part. It was really the point guards that were hunting out Brunson and getting some some easy threes on the perimeter. So overall, solid RJ game. Didn't need a lot for him. She didn't have an efficient sixteen points. I think he was a hot second highest score on the team. Uh, after Randall, oh no, 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 he wasn't the second high. Maybe in the first, in the first half, he was. But we have Randall had twenty five. Second mm-hmm. highest is Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel was three hunting in that fourth quarter. Listen, <laughs> he wanted he wanted to boost up the score. He he wanted to boost up the score, and let's be honest, Emmanuel just likes to shoot anyway. Any any excuse he has to shoot the rock, he's going to take it. And and even yo, even Tom Thibodeau, man. We had the in-season tournament today. Point differential matters. Tom Thibodeau got to leave his his players in in the that fourth quarter in a blowout and not be criticized for it for the first time in his career. It's a wet dream for Tom Thibodeau. I'm sure he enjoyed leaving those guys in with three minutes to go and not have to be asked about it. Like he's nice. being shamed for it. So he he won. Emmanuel <laughs> quickly won. Everybody won. Yep. Well, yeah, the RJ Barrett though had nine from nine from the free throw line, which is amazing. I don't think he's ever shot 100% from the free throw line. 16 points on the night. The only thing I am worried about is those percentages, man. Like, there's a little bit of the bad habits are starting to creep back in a little bit. Like, the I used to kind of applaud him for making the right plays and the right reads and and the process. The last couple of games, I feel like he's getting into double teams and triple teams and trying to like force his way in a couple of times. I, w- I would like him to move away from that. Um, I think that uh, other than that, no, I mean, he got to the free throw line. He was smart about that. He had a lot of shots go in and out. And he was uh, the great defensively, like you said, Lee. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I want yeah. I want him to be careful. I want him to be careful because it's a little bit of slippage in the process. I think that my favorite thing about RJ there's there's a lo- lot to love about RJ this season and how he's grown uh, and gotten back as a defensive ace. I, I really love the way that he leads that second unit. It allows him to be the first option, and I think he does a really good job of giving the team what when it needs a bucket. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who doesn't get it to him, but he also allows the other guys to feast too. And he I think he's got a nice uh, two man game with. Hartenstein plays real well with Emmanuel quickly as well. I, I love the fact that we have a guy who who isn't a doesn't feel a certain type of way by having a lot a lion's share of his minutes with the second unit and not playing with the first. So argues that he's about winning and he'll do whatever it takes to, to, to do it. And he plays really well with both the first and second. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um RJ's been great for both. And I he's he's the reason why when people say why don't we go? Why don't we go a ten man rotation? I go. Mm, let's, let's, let's keep this my man rotation going. I like the way this is going <laughs> because I like RJ, seeing RJ run with the second unit, and uh, I, that's precisely when we, when we last season when we started Grimes at the two, 
and had that nine man rotation with RJ Ronan in the second unit, that's when we took off. So, and it's, it's, I feel like it's grooming him. I feel like it's starting to groom him to be a leader. When you're leading the second yep. unit, you're, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll have my, I'll get my shots here. I'll pass it here. I can point guys in the right direction. Like you're grooming leadership in that, in that. So, and that reflects on Tibbs' development. That was a Tibbs idea. Like Tibbs is making RJ and has been having him play with the second unit for almost three seasons now. That's a great thing to point to as evidence of Tibbs growing them, not just as players, but as men and as leaders as well. And I got to, I got to give Tibbs props where, where props are due. And I think RJ is one of the best examples of his development along with IQ and Mitch. Yeah. Coach Sire says RJ is the only player that passes the Mitch's passes to Mitch. I can't even say that anymore, man. Right. I can't the even say it anymore. It's actually starting to be Randall. <laughs> it's actually Randall. Like I feel like Randall's taking over that role now. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, especially because the Knicks are running that five-four pick and roll more readily, for sure. Yep. And you know what? I, I think about all the trades. But when I think about Hart being traded or bringing uh, Bojan, I also think about how does it affect RJ. And RJ's at his best when he has really clean spacing around him. And if you replace someone like Hart, who is scared to even take a three at most of the time, with a guy like Bojan, where it's, it makes it impossible to double RJ. You cannot get off Bojan on the perimeter and let that man help defense do help defense on RJ. So RJ's going to be seeing single coverage because they've been they've been sagging off of Hart in the last four or five games. Defenders are just like not respecting him on the perimeter when he even when he catches it and he's wide open, they're daring him to shoot, and he's still trying to do some playmate. Put put him on the floor and try to find someone to pass to, cut into the basket. You put Bojan in that place, RJ's done a feast driving the basket, bro. I feel you, man. I understand that, but I still at the end of the day, we're gonna run into a problem where we have to defend somebody who's a bigger wing, and that's still gonna be a big issue for us. So it's like if it kind of like fixes a little bit of one problem, but we still didn't solve one of the biggest problems is, is that defensive wing that can shoot three. So I, I I'm not uh I don't really feel it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not. Only, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, yeah, Mitch had six blocks. Oh, I missed that. Thank you, whoever. Uh, I just read that. Sire, yes. Six blocks. How did I miss that? Two steals and six blocks. Yo, defensive player of the year loading, man. Defensive player of the year loading for Mitch. Nick Yaxis, did we talk about Mitch yet? Um, We had like a footnote about we had a footnote about Mitch, about him catching lobs. Uh, but defensively, especially in that first half defensively, I feel like he was all over the place. Deflections, steals, blocks. And blocks isn't any, something he's really done this year. He's been he's been elected. He's He's been more content with scaring people with his presence and staying on the floor. Like he, he got like his first foul in the third quarter of the game. So obviously it's worked. I would like to see a little bit more balance of like actually challenging more shots, but I, I like the six blocks today for sure, and the two steals, and staying out of foul trouble, and the putback dunk. Mitch has been Yo. incredible, and the league is starting to notice because I even saw something on NBA.com that that had him on like underrated players list. So people are finally starting to notice what we've been seeing for a while. He's a top three center in the NBA, man. You said he's, that's the hot take. He is the number three center in the NBA. Hey, I'll tell you what, bro. Not just him. Isaiah Hartenstein with some put-back dunks. They are the best one-two center combination in the NBA, bro. That's not a hot take. That's facts. 
straight facts, the best. I agree. I agree. 48 minutes of great center play. And I could start to say the same thing for that point guard play between Manuel Quickly and Jalen Brunson. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, this man, man. You can't be miserable, bro. There's no reason to be miserable right now. There's no reason. You need to be critical. You didn't, you didn't be like, oh, I think we're better without Randall or maybe we need to upgrade from Tibbs. I get those arguments and agree in some capacity, but don't be miserable. Damn, enjoy the W's, Yo, man. Enjoy these because it looks like we're about to go on a little bit of a run, too, because we got we got, a, we got we got Detroit Pistons up next. We lost like 14 in a row. Then we got yeah. the Raptors twice. Uh, I th- yeah, we should be fine. We should go on like a little bit of a run. And uh I want to catch up, man. I want to, I want to get the fifth spot and the fourth spot and go on a little bit of a run. You know what I mean? What's it, Where are we right now? Sixth? Yeah, we're sixth behind Miami. Who's fifth? Are we fifth? Are we fifth now? Because Miami did lose. Oh, we got to be above Miami. Miami did lose. So God, I hate Miami. I hate Miami, too. I hate Miami, too. I hate them more than Brooklyn. I hate them both for different reasons. I can't say who I hate more. <laughs> I, both their fan bases are obnoxious at AF, man, too. Oh, yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Worse. <laughs> Bandwagon jumpers. No, nah, I feel you. I feel you. And the fact that we just played my, Miami in the playoffs just makes me mm, just grew to hate because now it's like, ah. Game of Shannon says we were fifth place now. All right, that's what's up. What's up? I'll take Let's that. go. Let's go. It kind of messes with our chances in the in, in season tournament. I think we're like a wild card now because they lost to the Bucks. But, uh, I still like being oh, okay. in fifth place, though. I like being in fifth place. Oh, and then Miami drops to seventh. Interesting. Miami drops to seventh. The, the Pacers are sixth now. And the 76ers are fourth. Interesting. Orlando, man. Orlando third is crazy. Orlando think, being third is crazy. I think Orlando and OKC will at some point in the season dip a little bit, maybe after the all-star break because of both of their lack of veterans on that team. I, I think they're having a kind of a overstated start and they'll eventually come back to uh, the middle. Mm. Houston, I think they'll continue because Udoka is just a hell of a coach, has that experience, and they have solid veterans on that team too. Jeff Green, Fred Van Vliet, they're, they're skyrocketing too, no pun intended, but I think they'll maintain. Orlando and OKC, I mean, they'll dip a little bit. They just don't have any veterans in that team in that locker room to sustain that momentum. That's just me. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and you know, when you when you're new, you can catch people off guard. So very true. We'll see if the the NBA adjusts to the new improved Orlando Magic. Yeah, it'd be interesting to play them because actually Orlando gave us some fits last season, man. They gave us some fits. I'm not gonna hold you. Yep. When, no, when they I, gave us fits this season too. Yeah. When I talk about length. And teams giving this problem because of length. Orlando Magic was definitely on that list of people who, yeah. who gave us problems because of their length. So I'm, I have that game circled on. Talk about the, the German hive. Those Wagner brothers are for, they're for real, dude. They're <laughs> the best brother tandem in the NBA, man. Both of them are ballers. Franz especially is like super still. He's almost a, a, a three-level scorer at this point. But Moe's has some good games recently too. Mm. The guard position. Man, they're, they're, they're a tough team. Super young. Very well coached, Jamal Mosley. Yeah, all coach. all star break. Yeah, I need to have like brother playoffs or something like brother versus <laughs> <laughs> like modern brothers versus the Morris twins or something. Yeah, except the Thompson twins, neither of them can shoot. Man, <laughs> they're both shooting like twenty percent from three. It's awful. That's a fact. Oh, that's definitely awful. 
But yeah, I can't. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm looking forward to seeing those. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to playing Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to playing the 76ers for sure. And I still feel like I got robbed between uh, our last Knicks Boston matchup. Dude, you took the words out of my mouth, man. I need a rematch. Yeah, yeah. I need a rematch. KP hurt already. Say it ain't so. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Come he's, on, y'all. he's hurt for real. Yeah, he's hurt. Well, there it is. Just set your watch to it, bro. What do you think? Yep. <laughs> I think he's got calf strain. Let me look. Calf strain? So you, can set, yeah. you can set your watch to it, man. <laughs> set your watch to it, man. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. If that man, if if he plays more yep. than 60 games this season, I'll be impressed. Yeah, he missed the last game. The game before that, he only had nine points. The game before that, 14. So. It was clearly hurting him. Mm. Calf strain can't stop some scouts. Mm, stop skipping leg day. Stop it. <laughs> stop skipping leg day. Get on those. Especially him. Yeah, man. Well, sh- yo, shout out to the chat, man. I even say if you wanted to chat, if you wanted to chat, there's a Discord link uh, pinned to the top if you want to say anything and talk next ball with us. If not, we can just keep keep it rocking and um get to some some ooze and bras or whatever. Cause I got. It. You got a few. You got a few. What you got? What you got, Lee? All right. I sent mine to the group chat. <laughs> what, what what was it? Oh, uh, what was it? All right, hold on. Me me intro. All right. Before so for those of you who are new, this is the bruh pick segment. All right. Bruh. Bruh picks for you guys who don't know are usually the worst plays of the game. It doesn't even have to be this game. It could be any NBA game that you want to talk about. And I definitely have something that I want to talk about. So let's get to it. So let's see. Let me set set this up real quick for you guys. There's a man who's been a legend lately. And now he's brought his magic to D.C., and that man's name is Jordan Poole. All right. <laughs> too easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's too easy. Oh, wait, I got I to adjust the screen. I got to adjust the screen. Hold on. I'll adjust the screen for you guys. So, yeah, Jordan, he's been unhingedly unhinged. This is where Jordan Poole dribbles, finds himself open. And kind of does a stare down as to say, how dare you? Look what I just did. Only to be blocked right afterwards. All right, here we go. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Bruh. (laughs) Man. He just keeps on. He is the gift that keeps on giving. Jordan Poole. I could never imagine that Washington would become more unwatchable. But here we are. Kuzma and Jordan Poole on the same team. Oof. 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm pretty sure Draymond Green is somewhere enjoying that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this is not what Wes Unseld imagined for his son to take over the franchise that he brought a championship to, to have to coach Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. Oh, my <laughs> God. hell on earth, man. <laughs> they're, like, they're like top five in pace. I'm like, they're just like 
running toward nowhere, like who <laughs> can hit the L first? How you top five and pace and suck? That's you don't understand that to leave. Okay, especially with young teams, when coaches know they can't score, they just go, you know what, just run, <laughs> just run, just run and see what happens. Oh man, and that's what's happened with that Wizards team. Go ahead, Lee. What you got? I feel like Josh Giddy's too easy of a broad pick. Um, even though I, I feel like the situation might completely like, derail their emergence in the NBA. Uh, that could be a really dark stain over a franchise that has has faced some like, great revitalization with their draft picks. You know, things were looking really up. Maybe the brightest feature of any team in the NBA. If Giddy ends up being, who knows, suspended, uh litigated arrested i i mean it, it the accusations are he, that it's rape it's statutory rape right because it happened in california in the age of consent 18 and she's apparently like 14 15 you got andrew bogut saying that he like has known about his like terrible like personality for years like the, the, the aussie press is tearing him shreds this, i mean this is not a good look for a small market team that doesn't have a lot of flexibility they're already not a free agent destination they don't have much flexibility uh, for trades, there's not many guys have a high contract, so we have to package a lot of players mm. uh, to make up salary to match anyone. So it's it's just a tough, nasty situation uh, for everyone involved. But my bro pick goes to man, MFFL. You mad buns never disappoint in just like doing something really stupid. And I heard today, Mark Cuban sold a large portion of a Dallas Mavericks uh, to a, a family, and I looked up the family. And they are essentially the Caucasian crypt keepers. They are some ugly, demonic-looking old white folks. What? And they are <laughs> They are deep in uh, casino money. They own a lot of casinos. And I think that a big part of his sale was to start legalizing gambling in Texas and bring a casino to Dallas, maybe. And that was kind of part and parcel for what, why they were involved in the transaction. But they've also been Republican team makers for the last couple of, of decades and have been huge donors to the Republican Party and really have highlight people they wanted to be the, the the face of the Republican Party as candidates in both primaries and general elections. So Cuban kind of did a deal with the devil. And I'm interested to see uh, how it reacts. Uh, I want to know like, how they feel about Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie Irving's like his own thinker. And, you know, it's just everything's very interesting. So I wish nothing but the worst for the Dallas Mavs fan. <laughs> I, I hope this is a complete chaotic disaster uh, and a terrible smear campaign. You know, I definitely wish nothing but the worst for sure. Oh, okay. Bruh. Only, only, only <laughs> you can put words together like that. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> that is interesting. They're casino owners who are, all right, all right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right, any more? Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the chat. <laughs> the chat's going with the Josh Giddy jokes, man. Uh, oh, <laughs> <same>. yeah. <laughs> uh, Gamers Channel, find them 15 draft picks. <laughs> Josh, Josh Giddy don't cost them 15 losses in a row. Oh, man, the jokes sell themselves, bro. Yeah, bro. man. Oh. Jokes sell themselves. <laughs> oh, man. No, uh, shout, out to four, shout out to Alexander who sends $4.20 every I, yo, I'm Alexander, I know Alexander is high right now. I already know it. Every every donation is 420. It says Let's DC go. needs to bring back the actual MJ at this point. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. MJ on one knee can still do more than what what uh, Jordan Poole is doing for them right now. So maybe, maybe might be right. He might he might still have a fadeaway in him. I'm with you. I am with you. 
Oh, I, we forgot about the most important broad pick, Mile Bridges, who should not be in the NBA. Who are, they're not allegations; it's absolute facts. Uh, he's done everything, but basically admit to it. And the photos of his girlfriend's face, baby's mama face, prove it all. That man should not be in the NBA. And this podcast has been saying that from the very start. Yeah. When 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 that mess came out, it's just I love beating him just to beat him. Pun intended on that one. Oh. Uh, he, he he definitely needs his ass beat off the court, uh, if not on it. So anytime we can hand him a bit fat L or go home and sleep with power to the people, man. Love to see it. I feel you. Bruh. Yeah, I hear I see I see somebody in chat say, ooh, pick for, for MSG booing Miles Bridges. I'm with that. Let's go. I'm with that. I'm with that. <laughs> Let's go. I'm with that. Oh man. All right. All right. Nice little show. Nice little show. Ooh, the night the night goes on for me. Listen, tomorrow there's going to be a Nick Tack toe airing tomorrow. I have to edit I have to edit that. So the night does not end for me. I, got, I will be working after this. But thank you guys for watching. And uh, if you like the show, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. We're here after every game. Shout out to to, to Ryan G and Ebony uh, who couldn't make it tonight. Oh, but also shout out to Dexter because Dexter, I have to confirm, but he should be here on the 30th. Let's go. Yeah. He should be here for the Detroit smacking. So shout out to to our guy Dexter Henry who show who shows KOT show uh, a lot of love, a lot of love, a lot of love. Good dude, good dude. So shout out to Dexter who's gonna be coming through. All right. Yeah, man, we love Dexter. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's the show. Uh, so Lee, let them know where they can find you, man. Yo, man, find me on, on Twitter. Just search hashtag bum, and one of my posts will probably come up with a couple math fans crying in the comments. <laughs> At, on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo. I got man, my my stories on Dead Spin like top top stories read during the the Thanksgiving break. So very very thankful for that. Nice. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of stuff in the pipeline for the Guardian uh, and some food writing too, which I've gotten into. Just got picked up by the Michelin. Be writing about Michelin star restaurants, which I'm super excited about. Uh, yeah, man, big things popping. I've been posting everything on uh, my, my Twitter handle. Nice, 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 nice. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, glad you get some success. You he can write his ass off you if you did not. Appreciate know. you, bro. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you already know. Follow follow us at the KLT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook. If you want to follow us, and yeah, we'll be here. You know, you already know we're here after every game, and definitely, definitely tomorrow, um, there will be a Nick Tac Toe. And if you guys actually want to play Nick Tac Toe, hit me up. Hit me up. You can email me. You can DM me. And like, yo, JLS, I'm interested in playing. Uh, we do give away $25 Fanatics gift card for winners. We can buy some next gear or down payment on next gear or whatever. So there's some incentive. And it's actually fun. Everybody's, everybody who's played wants to play again. Anybody who plays wants to play again. So um, if you want to play, definitely hit me up and watch out for that tomorrow. All right. Uh, have we had Phil? We should have Phil on, on Nick's Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely should have Phil. I actually contact out. Yeah, we. I know we had. Um, I know we got one with Hector. I know that for sure. But we I should love have Hector. Hector. All right. But yeah, good show. Good show, Lee. Always, JLS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A shout out to the people in chat: Alexander, Glamour, Nix, Marshall, L. So I think Mike Winnow is here. Corey Lee says, "Dope show." As Parker says, "Dope show." So thank you guys, man. Child, salute to you. Uh, Alexander, everybody's rocking the KOT show. Nick Yak, I see you. I see you, my guy. 
Gamers Channel, <laughs> as always. Thank you guys for watching. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube sheets. That's our show. We out here. I see you in my NBIC. I see you. <laughs> see you. My guy, man. See you. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,